All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Community Bible Baptist Church this evening. Our normal song leader, John, is out of town, so filling in for him tonight. Stand with me, if you will, and uh, sing with me, Standing on the Promises of Christ my King. singing tonight. Good to see you here at, uh, at Community. If you are visiting with us tonight for the first time, we would like to recognize you. So if you'd raise your hand, uh, these gentlemen coming down the aisle will put a card in it. Young lady in the back there, good to have you here tonight and uh, good to see you. When we get around, shake hands in a minute. Be sure and uh, meet this young lady, this gentleman back here and uh, tell them that you're happy to see them here tonight. Anybody else? We don't want to miss anybody if you're visiting with us first time tonight. And uh, if you fill out that card, put it in the offering plate, give it to the ladies at the, uh, the Welcome Center out in the lobby there, and they have a gift bag for you, so you won't want to miss that. It's good to see the rest of you here tonight. We're going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Mike Austin here in just a second to pray, and then we're going to get around and, uh, and shake hands. Tell somebody that you're glad to see them here tonight. Find somebody you don't know, introduce yourself to them, and then you will know them. So, uh, Brother Mike, where are you at? Brother Mike, raise your voice real loud so everybody can hear you back there, and uh, then we'll get around, shake hands, and uh, 
come back, sing another song, then pastor's going to come and open the word of God tonight. Get around, shake somebody's hand, tell them you're glad to see them here in the house of God tonight. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. Let's sing that.
Thank you. I'll be seated. All right. Take your Bible and find the book of Daniel, please. Find the book of Daniel. And uh, good to see each of you tonight. Great report already. Uh, the young people went out after school today, teen activity, and uh, had two saved, two people trusted Christ through teen visitation this afternoon. And the kids are fired up and excited. I'm fired up and excited. And we're looking forward to seeing more of that as the kids are growing, as we're growing as a church family about the matter of sharing our faith and telling other people about the Lord. Now, I know we're going to have prayer time in just a moment, but uh, it's good to see Ken here tonight. We're lifting up Clarice in prayer. She's recovering from pretty major surgery. So I want you to keep praying uh, for Clarice and lift her up. And then uh, this afternoon, Brother Paul and I headed out uh, late. We got word Vicky called, and uh, Brother Jerry is at the VA. And so let's pray for Brother Jerry. He's at the VA. We're able to have prayer with him, but uh, just uh, really struggling right now. So let's lift up uh, Vicky and Jerry Patton. These are two of our Indiana snowbirds, and so you pray for them. And also we got word today, Brother Ray, they found out some pretty specific things for Brother Ray Armstrong and are still waiting on specific things that they're uh, going to go forward with, but pretty serious news for Brother Ray. So let's lift up Brother Armstrong to you and uh, keep praying for he and Roe. Uh, there's a pretty good chance they're going to have to have pretty major surgery there. And uh, Rosemary, keep lifting her up. She's still struggling uh, and others in our church. So a lot to pray about, and we're going to do that in just a moment. But first, let's look at the Word of God, and then we'll come together for our prayer time. It is good to have each of you tonight. And Valerie was going to try to come, but uh, we went out last night. Uh, Madeline turned 16 years old. My little girl turned 16 years old. And so uh, she won't have a big family outing dinner. So Valerie got dressed and went out, and uh, we went to Maggiano's. Yes. Say amen right there. You know, Maggiano's, you buy one, you eat it there. They give you one, you can take it home and eat it later. Say amen right there. And uh, so we had a great time. But that was about, that about wore out, sitting in the straight back chair for that long. So uh, she, she was trying to get dressed and come and just couldn't do it. So you pray for her. Uh, she continues to recover. And again, let me just go on record. Wonderful thank you last night. Night before last, excuse me, the Corleys brought food or brought enough food to feed the 4th Division. I mean, just tremendous amount of food, but wonderful meals. And we had a great, great meal Monday night. Thank Chris. I'm sure Chris did all that because I don't think Art could know actually where the kitchen is. So that's a blessing, but uh, still. Uh, all right. Now I want you to find Daniel to 4th chapter. The fourth chapter of Daniel, and I'm going to come to you in a moment, but let me go to Genesis 14 and uh, prepare the way. I'm going to come to you in Daniel in a moment, but in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham meets a man by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek is a type, a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the king of Salem, and uh, Abraham comes out to meet him, and beginning in verse number 18, the Bible says, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes and all. Now, why I wanted to read that to you is because Melchizedek's three different times there, says the Most High, the Most High. And what he's saying there is our name for tonight, our study for tonight, as we look at all the different attributes and aspects of the names of God, he says El Elyon, 
El Elyon, the Lord Most High. Uh, there's no God like our God. There's no God who compares to him. And so Melchizedek says, Abraham, or in this case still Abram hasn't had the change yet, but he says, Abram, uh, you serve the Most High God. You serve the Most High God. And I think sometimes in this day of plurality, uh, this day of many gods, that people get the idea that all gods kind of own the same plane. But you know this, I know this, we're the Wednesday night Bible study crowd. Uh, there is no God like Jehovah God. Say amen. And uh, he is the Most High. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is uh, the sustainer of heaven and earth. And so I want you to look with me in Daniel tonight and a man who learned who the boss really was, <laughs> who the boss really was, who he thought he was, and who he turned out to be. And of course, that began reading Daniel chapter 4, <clears throat> verse number, and I'm not going to read a lot of this tonight. Uh, let's skip down. We could begin reading. If you want to go home and look a little bit, you can go all the way back to the beginning of the chapter. But let's begin reading in verse number 28, verse number 28. Now, in Daniel chapter 4, leading up to that, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, has a great vision. And in this vision, he sees all kind of things that trouble him. And uh, when the vision is explained, the vision is that Nebuchadnezzar is going to face his own pride in the sight of God, and God's going to deal with him. And all Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm not going to let that happen. But, as sometimes it always happens to us, uh, we forget and we get caught up in our own self. And so the vision is explained in the verses leading up to verse 28. But verse 28, this is after a season, this is after some time, the Bible says this. At the, verse 28, all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months, 12 months now after the warning of pride, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake and said, now watch this, is not this great Babylon that I have built? He said, for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, that means he, he hadn't even gotten out all the way. There came a voice, or fell a voice, from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling, now this is perfect fulfillment of the prophecy of the previous verses, they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the, here's the next word, most high, El Elyon, that the most high ruler. Now, seven years are going to pass, and you're going to live outside and eat grass like an oxen until you know who rules over the kingdom of men, giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. 
till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, now I'm going to read that different. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Now, this is a first-hand account of a man who met God. This is the first-hand account. Nebuchadnezzar, I did this. I'm telling you my testimony. I'm telling you who I thought I was, what God showed me what I, what I really was, and now I'm testifying what I am now. What I thought I was, what God showed me I was, and what I am now. Now, I don't know about you, but I know me. And me is my biggest issue. Me, myself, and I, we make a pretty good team when it comes to messing up. I think too highly of myself at times. And you think too highly of yourself at times. Man's problem is man doesn't have a fragile, broken ego. Oh, this pitiful generation, they're, they're just struggling and, and they need to be built up and they need to be coddled and calm. That, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. The Bible is very clear. Man's problem is not a lack of pride, but an overabundance of pride. And, and what we do is we exalt ourselves to where we think, I'm at the top of the list, dear friend, when God decides to get your attention, and by the way, God has a wonderful way of getting your attention. When God has a way of getting, when God decides to get your attention, God has a way of showing you. Not only, at, not only are you not at the top of the list, dear friend, you don't even make the list. He is El Elohim, the Lord Most High. Who are we? We're dust. We're nothing. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that Who are we that God has visited us? Now, let me show you uh, this testimony of the great king Nebuchadnezzar who learned that El Elohim is the Lord the Most High. Number one, I want you to notice his ego. His ego. And uh, that, that's found in those first verses. We'll look at it in just a moment. But let me read another passage to you. See if you can reflect a little bit of Nebuchadnezzar's ego and this person's ego. See if you can figure out who, who the second person is. I won't give you the text till after. How art thou fallen from the... Uh, never mind. It's already in the text. I can't hide it from you. How art thou fallen uh, from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I, now watch this, will be like, have you ever noticed this phrase, what he says? I will be like the most high. I will be El Elyon. I will be like God. I will be equal to God. Now, when you read Nebuchadnezzar's statement, there's a lot of the same personal pronouns. Look at verse 30. He said, uh, look at my accomplishments. Look what I built. I built this. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had a lot to really brag about, if you want to be honest. Uh, Babylon was a beautiful city, uh, considered one of those old seven wonders of the ancient world. You've read all the hanging gardens of Babylon, all the beauty of Babylon, all the majesty of Babylon. And one day, I, I think after 12 months, that warning kind of wore off a little bit, and he kind of forgot a little bit about what God had said was going to happen to him. And he walked out over uh, the city, and he looked around and said, Hey, I've done a pretty good job with this city. When I moved in over here, that wasn't anything. Built that. My guys built that. I ordered that. I did that. I did this. Look what I've done. Say, preacher, that's never, never going to be me. That's a lie. I've watched some of you guys. I come over to your house, and you show, walk out on the front porch, say, look at my yard. I use a craftsman lawnmower, weed eater, blower. Oh. Look at the majesty of my fescue. Look at my pool. Look at my car. Look at my accomplishments. It's interesting, Brother Dory. It doesn't take a lot to God get your it doesn't take a lot for God to get your attention about what's yours and what's his. But Nebuchadnezzar said, look at my accomplishments. Number two, that's what he built. He said, look at my ability. Notice the phrase here, I built this. And now he said, I did it with my power. Verse 30, my power. This is all me. I'm a self-made man. This is ego 101. My power. The Bible's very clear. Uh, there's nothing given you that's not given you by God. Every good, every perfect gift cometh from above. It is the Lord's power to give, it, uh, to give you to get well, to, to, to do things. And yet sometimes we think, man, I'm pretty strong. My abilities are great. My knowledge, my wisdom, my, my writing. I, I remember several years ago uh, just kind of thinking about what the Lord's gifted me with and things that the Lord's done for me. And, and I made the foolish statement, you know, I, I can do this and I can do this. And, and, and it was not long. Now, I won't go into a lot of detail on this because it's a difficult situation for me. But I remember uh, after making a statement about I can do certain things, I remember the Lord really taking me down a road to where one day I thought to myself, I think I'm losing my ability to communicate. I was just really struggling. I don't know if you're, you know, some people call it writer's block, preacher's block, I don't know what it is. But, but, but I, couldn't, I couldn't put sermons together. I couldn't think clearly. I couldn't get my thoughts in line. And I thought to myself, oh my word, I've been taking credit that I have the ability to speak. And I need to be reminded, if the Lord were to take away my ability to, to put sentences together, I would be in deep trouble. Nobody has anything not given them of God. 
your abilities, your gifts, your talents. Oh, I can sing. I remember, I think it was probably a decade ago, listening to the testimony of a preacher. And uh, for some reason, he began to have voice trouble. And for several years, he couldn't get his voice over a whisper. Had to leave his church. One day the Lord miraculously gave him his voice back. It was wonderful. But, but if you're a preacher and can't speak, you, you kind of have a little bit of an issue there. Some of y'all were like, hey, preacher, that's a good idea. But uh, singers who can't sing, writers who can't write, preachers who can't preach, teachers who can't teach, workers who can't work. Number three, not only his accomplishments, his ability, I built it, it's my power. The worst thing he did, he said, look at my majesty. My majesty, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, it's all about you, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm the king. This is all me. The Bible makes it very clear the Lord is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with another. He's not going to compete with your ego. And by the way, there's really no competition, but he'll not compete with creation's ego. The creator will not submit to the creation's whims. Nebuchadnezzar made the the fatal, fatal mistake of thinking this is me who gets all the honor and all the glory and all the worship. Nebuchadnezzar had this problem throughout his lifetime. Remember his big doll? When you hear the, the music, Sultry sackbutt, sack, sackbut, all the musical instruments, bow down and worship. Those three Hebrew boys said, will not bend, will not bow. Thank God they did not burn. It's just a matter of, of, of time before someone with ability and talent and position and power begins to think, you know what, I'm not a servant anymore. I'm to be served. I'm not, I'm not just... God's choice. I'm not God's man. I love the fact that when you read the Apostle Paul uh, throughout his writings, he reminds himself and he reminds you and I and he reminds the Christians of the day, I'm just a servant. I'm a slave. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing because it's very dangerous when God blesses you to begin to take the glory that does not belong to you. His ego puffed up and proudful. I believe there's no problem in America that a good old-fashioned revival could not fix. But America will not have revival till America's Christians confess their great sin of pride, arrogance. Look what we've done. And it's so, so, so rampant among us. Look what we've done. Look what we're doing. Dear friend, if God doesn't build the house, we labor in vain that build the house. Number two, his excommunication. Now, this is where God gets involved. By the way, God will get involved eventually. God has a way of getting your attention. Psalm 18, the Bible says, The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. When God is ready, God will get your attention. Old brother May Jackson preached a famous message, one of my all-time favorite messages, when God sets your barley fields on fire. It's the story of David and his son Absalom. And Absalom wanted David's attention 
and he tried to get Joab to help him get David's attention. And Joab wouldn't respond to Absalom. So Absalom goes out, and, and he, 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 that's where Absalom, uh, that's where I, I think he burnt down a bunch of fields, if I'm not mistaken. I think he would burn out a bunch of fields. And uh, Joab said, what'd you do that for? He said, I wanted your attention. I wanted your attention. You, you weren't listening, so I wanted to get your attention. It's your choice how you let God get your attention. God will speak to you in a still, small voice. That's the best way for God to get your attention. Just kind of that whisper. But mark this down. God will hit you with a two-by-four. I mean, God will say, hey, you weren't listening on the whisper. I spoke a little louder. I knocked on, you know, I tried. But now I'm going to have to get your attention. God has a way of getting all of our attention. Now, this is comical to me. Here's a man that, that says, I am the master of my domain. And God says, you know what? I'm going to make you like a beast of the field. That's comical. God has a way of sometimes uh, humorously getting our attention. I don't think Nebuchadnezzar thought it too funny, but I think it's hilarious. Now, notice in verse 31, when God wanted to get his attention, he says, now I'm going to drive you out of this palace. I'm going to drive you out of the presence of men. I'm going to put you in the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen seven times. Now, that's seven years. And then he says this. He says, your, your hair is going to grow, verse 33, your hair's going to grow out uh, like eagle feathers. Your nails are going to grow out like bird claw. Uh, your body is going to be just covered with the dew of the morning. That means when it rains, you're going to be wet. You're going to stink. Listen, just mark it down. It's going to be a smelly, nasty, long seven years of eating grass and acting like an animal. When God exposes, number one, when God exposes you, God exposes you for what you are, not what you think you are. Now watch this. Dust will form, dust will return. We're closer to the ground than to God. Nebuchadnezzar, do you think you're godlike? You're dust. I'm going to show you how low you really can go. God will expose you to what you are, not what you think you are. You ever heard that old time? He's saying, if I could buy him for what he's worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth, I'd make a lot of money. If we could buy them for what they're worth, a bunch of popping peacocks walking around. Look at me, look at me. Listen, not worth a nickel on the dollar, but thinks he's a million dollars. That's what God says. Not Nicodemus. He said, Nebuchadnezzar. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to expose you as the fraud you are. You're more animal-like than God-like. Number two, I'm going to expel you. I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expel you. You're not going to get to live in the palace. Nobody's going to come to you for advice. Nobody's going to come to you for counsel. Nobody's going to submit to your authority. Uh, you're not going to live with men. You're going to live with animals like a, like a cow, an ox. I mean, it, farms, you've been on farms, right? Man, flies stink, smell. I mean, just everybody wants to romanticize the farm. Farm's not romantic. Okay, farms not romantic. Farms work and farms 
bunch of livestock, and livestock got issues, and, and the nastiness of that. And, and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you from where you're living, and I'm going to put you over here, and you're not going to live anymore. You're going to exist. Anybody ever had a fall from grace? And you're thinking, wow, God, I didn't realize I could get this far from where I was to where I am. Number one, God's going to expose him. Number two, God's going to expel him. Now watch this. God's going to make him endure seven years. Now, how many of you think that's a little harsh? I mean, come on, seven years. I mean, after maybe about seven days, you kind of get the picture. Seven months, a year or two, seven years. Do you think, now let's, let's fast forward. After, after Nebuchadnezzar gets in his right mind, do you think, do you think that there was something in Nebuchadnezzar that when he saw a cow that he just kind of flinched, had one of the nervous ticks? Like, oh, oh, no, no, God's God, God, whoa, worship, worship, worship. God wanted to drive the point home so strongly that Nebuchadnezzar would never forget, never forget. Sometimes the great pain you're suffering now, while you think it may be too much at the hand of God, what it is, it's going to be so that you never forget this lesson God's trying to teach you. God, I don't want to go through that again. Good, don't mess up again. God, I don't want to have that happen again. Good, stay away from that. Sometimes I think the worst, and what, listen to me, listen. I think the worst things that happen to us sometimes is that we don't suffer. Now listen, I don't want to ever do this. I want the mercy, I want the mercy, I want the mercy. But sometimes we don't ever suffer the full weight of consequences. Therefore, we're willing to go back to the danger area again. But once you have the hammer drop and the bottom fall out and all those things happen, you don't want to ever go there again as long as you live. I mean, be like, uh, you know what? I'm going to just walk around that. Seven years. Seven years. God's trying to get his attention. By the way, God wonderfully got his attention. Why is it sometimes that God takes, or let, me, let me say it correctly, let me say it differently. Why is it sometimes that it takes God so long to get our attention? We're stubborn. It's hard to get the me out of me. And God, God's like, look, I'm going to have to take you outside and treat you like an animal for seven years until you realize who's really supposed to be first in your life. If I could help you with one thing tonight, it'd be this. If God is not first in your life, what would it take for God to do in your life so that he becomes first in your life? What, what, what are you willing to, to, to endure, to deal with? If God's not first in your life, what would it take for God to be first in your life? Awful thought, isn't it? How, how, far, how far would you be willing to let God have to go till he gets your attention? Listen, I know from my own life, the day God got hold of me, the statement that God's spirit made to my spirit was, this is your last warning. I'm going to get your attention after this. Now, I, to this day, all these years later, I have no idea what God was going to do, but I know I was at the deadline of God holding off whatever it was to get my attention. I've had people tell me, God had to do this 
And they tell me an awful, awful story, a situation so difficult and so hard to listen to, break your heart. But, but they, they, had to, they had to be taken to that point for God to get their full attention. Number one, his ego. Number two, his excommunication. But oh, after seven years in the field, he come out singing a new song. And it was not E-I-E-I-O, okay? Number one, I want you to notice this, his exaltation. Number three, his exaltation. Number one, I want you to notice he had a new world view. Look at verse 34. Verse 34, the Bible says, And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes, where? Unto heaven. He had a new world view. Nebuchadnezzar was not looking, forgive me, but I think Nebuchadnezzar had one of those hand mirrors, and everywhere he went, he was just kind of checking himself out, you know, all different angles, you know, selfie before selfie, you know. Look at me, look at me, oh, look at me. Look at all I've done, look at me, look at all I've done. Now, his worldview was, hey, everybody look up. Everybody, look, what are you looking up for? That's where he, that's here, that's where he reigns. That's, that's what, he's, he's the most high, and we need to make sure that everybody knows that he's the boss. I'm not the boss. He's the boss. I just spent seven years eating grass. He's the boss. When you get right with God and God gets in his rightful place, you have a new worldview. You're not the end all and be all of everything. You don't have your own little universe. Everything resolves and revolves around you. Let me, let me give you a good, good sign. You think you're more important than you, than you really are. When you come into church, everybody's talking about you. Dear friend, you just got here. Nobody knows who you are. Bring it down a notch. No, not everybody's talking about you. Not everybody's Facebooking about you. Not everybody's tweeting about you. Not everybody's sending smoke signals about you. You're not that important. Who's important? He's important. Everybody else just fits in the place somewhere. Okay, number one, got a new worldview. Number two, I love this, my wisdom, my understanding. He says, my understanding returned unto me. He had a new wisdom, right mind. Sin, I said it a couple weeks ago, right? Sin twists your thinking, makes good bad, bad good. Now he's seeing clearly now. He's got a new wisdom. He's understanding. You know what? I didn't do this. God used me to do this. Let's get that clear. Let's get that straight. God did this through me. I'm the vessel. I'm the channel. I'm not the originator. He understood. When God begins to work in your life, you start seeing things clearly. The Bible makes sense. The wisdom of God becomes your wisdom and your direction, your path, your life. And all of a sudden, you begin to make better choices. When God's making the choice for you, mark it down, you're going to make better choices. You're not going to stumble and fall. and I mean, you're not going to just keep doing dumb stuff. New wisdom, why? Because you're not, marking on, you're not working on your own thought process. You're following the principles and precepts of God's Word. Number three, new worldview, new wisdom, new worship. Man, he starts here... Verse 34, he starts talking about the most high praise and honor and uh, whose dominion, everlasting kingdom, generation, all the inhabitants. I mean, he goes on now for verses talking about how big and wonderful and mighty and powerful and awesome and high God is. 
all of a sudden, he sees how strong the Lord is, how powerful the Lord is. And man, he just starts singing about it, writing about it, testifying about it. Verse 37, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth, all whose ways is uh, all and all his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Man, that's a great line. That's a way, that's like a mic drop. You know why? He says, if you think you're big, bow up on God. Because he is able to. To abase. Anybody know what the word abase means? It means to be brought low. It, it means, look, let me give you one. Humiliate. Anything, now listen, I, I didn't say this a minute ago because be, be, be diplomatic, but we're talking naked in a field, naked in a field, acting like an ox, a cow. You want to go lower than that? Eating grass doing stuff out here in front of God and everybody, all the people walking by, that's our king, look at our king. That's a big Nebuchadnezzar. Moo. You like Chick-fil-A over there, you know what I mean? Humiliate. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to worship this God because you bow up on this God, I don't think you ought to worship God out of fear. You know, the, the Bible says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning. It's where you start. You know why you start there? Because when God decides to get your attention, God can get your attention a multiplicity of ways. And he ain't even breaking a sweat to get hold of you. You're done. Strong man, let me put you in the hospital for a month and a half. Let me, let, me take, let me take your brilliant mind. Let me give you an aneurysm. See how you function on that, big daddy. Oh, you strong man, run, Mr. Olympic runner, Mr. Go, go, go. Let me give you a little, little irregular heartbeat. Man, Deion Sanders, my favorite one all the time, Deion Sanders, let me give you turf toe. The end of your great career, you're the best, greatest cornerback in history, and I'm going to end your career with turf toe. That's just embarrassing to say. What's wrong with you, man? Oh, I broke a femur, I broke an arm, broke What's wrong with you? Got turf toe. Now, turf toe, by the way, is very painful. Don't, don't be belittling that. It's terribly painful. God's going to give me turf toe for mocking Deion Sanders. Turf toe. I'm going to give you turf toe. Doesn't take a lot to get your attention. His new worship. God's everything. I'm nothing. Just happy to be on the team. I'm just a water boy. He's the captain. He's the coach. He's everything. Now watch this, verse 36. I skipped it. We'll close with it. At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my brightness returned to me, my counselors my Lord sought unto me. I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. Now watch this. New witness. Number four, new witness. New witness. Now those men come to him. He's sitting in his, in his, 
throne, sitting on his throne. His, his captains, his lords, his governors come. Nebuchadnezzar, what do you think about this problem? Fellas, you know what I think we ought to do? I think we ought to ask the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar, what, what, do you, what do you want to do about this issue? Uh, this, is, this is the plan right before you got so, so messed up and went out there for the seven years. You were going to do this. Uh, what are you going to do about that? No, no, I don't think the Lord wants me to do that. Well, we've said a lot about this lately. Your testimony, your testimony. You say, well, what do I do? I walk in, just start bragging on the Lord at work? No, they'll fire you for that. When you go in, just work. That's what you're supposed to do. But when the opportunity comes, the opportunity comes, well, what do you think? I don't know. You know what? That's a tough one. Let me pray about that. Let me think about that. Let me see if there's a principle on that. Where are you going to look for principles? Well, the Bible's full of principles. Give me a minute. All of a sudden, you have a way to witness because it's not about you anymore. It's about him. That's what makes a great soul winner, by the way. When life is not about you, but it's about him, you find ways to talk about him in any way you can. You witness. Do you not think, do you not think, I know this to be true. Bible doesn't say it exactly, but I know it's to be true. I think that after they'd leave a meeting with Nebuchadnezzar, now this is my idea, so it may not be exactly true, but I'm pretty sure I think it's true. They'd leave a meeting with Nebuchadnezzar after the seven years, after the return of senses, after he's now talking about the Lord God, Elohim, all exalted, most high. I think they'll walk out and say, man, what happened to him? He was Nebuchadnezzar, he was a cow, and now I'm not sure what he is. He talks like that Daniel guy. He talks like those three Hebrews. Maybe we ought to check out this God of heaven he speaks about because it's pretty amazing what we've watched the last seven, eight years. Pretty amazing. When he is the God most high, watch this, he isn't part of your life, he is the reason for your life. He's not prominent in your life, he is preeminent in your life. Everything else, he, he like, 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 like uh, we say in sports, like he's the hub and everything comes off him. He, when, when he's the centerpiece of your life, every part of your life flows through him. People notice that. People see that. People respond to that. Psalm 83, verse 18, that men may know, that men may know whose name alone is Jehovah Art the most high over the earth. What's your calling that men may know who the high God is? The highest. Psalm 7, the Bible says, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Psalm 47, 2. For the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. Psalm 97, 9. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Man, the psalmist understood our role is to represent the Most High. The God who no gods compare to. They pale in comparison. El Elohim. The Lord Most High. We're getting to heaven. I, I believe Nebuchadnezzar made it. 
We'll find out for sure. I mean, he bragged on the Lord like crazy. Nebuchadnezzar, tell me about, tell me about your life. Oh, I, I want to skip this one part. I want to skip this one part. I, I don't want to talk about it. Well, let, let's talk about the after. Let's not talk about the before. Why Nebuchadnezzar? Because God had to get my attention. And I was so stubborn and prideful and willful. What he had to do to me was awful. Now, he got my attention, buddy. Some of you, you don't want to talk about how God got your attention, but you know and I know he got your attention. Jerk the knot in your tail. And you run around saying, he's the Lord most high. Why? Because he showed me how little I was in comparison to how great he is. When God gets your attention, you don't have to wonder anymore. Who is the Lord? Oh, he's the Lord most high. Lord most high. Now, I've not had to go out in the field yet, but I've been pretty close. Some of us have been pretty close, haven't we? Oh, let's be tender. Let's be tender. Let's, let's not let pride well up in us. Guard against that. Let's, let's not let, you know, somebody gives us a compliment, accept the compliment, but let's, 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 let's be quick. Let's be careful not to believe what everybody says about us. Because in our hearts, we know who we are. Last thing I'll say, and I'm done. I'll be preaching out somewhere, and uh, they'll call the church, and they'll say, Nicole, send, send a, uh, a biography or something to read, you know, so we can introduce Brother Stansel. And I'll be sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, they'll be introducing this guy. You ever had them do this, Lieutenant Commander? Uh, and they'll be reading about this guy, and I'm thinking, that dude's pretty sharp. And I wish I knew that guy. and Because I'm not really paying attention, you know, I'm just kind of getting ready to preach. And uh, I'll be, man, that guy, wow, look at that guy. And all right, Brother Stansel, come preach. I'm like, who's, who's going to preach? Because, see, in my heart, I know who I am. Now, you and, and the people that write those clippings, the people that read them, they know what God's done. But I know who I am. Be very careful to make sure we stay focused on who we are and who he is. Let, let him use you. But make sure he gets all the glory alone. He's jealous. He'll not share his glory with another. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get our prayer. I'm going to run the prayer time tonight. Brother John... Is uh, t- he has taken uh, Nikki to look at colleges? He's uh, looking at two colleges: one up in the Jacksonville area, and one up in the South uh, Jordan, Middle Georgia, I think. And uh, they they were talking to her about uh, music scholarships and things. So uh, you pray for Nikki as she makes that big decision about where to go for college, and uh, you pray for Brother John as they travel. Now let's uh, quickly. These are some. I mean, you talking about lime green? If you need a prayer sheet, Diane, it's lime green. If you don't need this for prayer, she put it in your car and just wave it around if there's a traffic stop or something. People get your attention, okay? Uh, anybody need a prayer sheet? Anybody need a prayer sheet? Right up front, Brother Steve. Right up front, Brother Rick, Brother Prad. And then if you need to turn in a prayer request slip, do that now while we can. All right, let me give you what I've got. And I mentioned these. Some of these uh, got a call this afternoon, Brother David Hall's mother. Fell yesterday, broke her hip and femur, long road to recover. So Brother David, one of our good deacons, pray for his mother as she recovers from a bad fall. I mentioned Jerry, he's at the VA. Paula, uh, or excuse me, Paul Barletta, this is Lori Hall's brother-in-law, stage four cancer, and the count has tripled since the last test. So uh, praying for Lori's brother-in-law. Missy Biddle, Victoria Patton's nephew's wife, had a heart attack, not doing well, so let's pray for her. Clarice, we mentioned a moment ago, recovering from uh, surgery, 
and uh, kept lift up Ken and Nellie as well, and just pray for the doctors there. Tina King, Paul McBride, friend of Kimberly Hubbard. Tina is recovering from surgery. Paul is having surgery. Uh, Jessica, uh, Jessica uh, Villanueva is battling issues with her back, and they are praying for answers and the insurance so they can fight the right or find the right doctor for help. Uh, Josh Osteen, a friend of Dale and Dolly's, recovers from a major surgery. The Meacham's eight-year-old grandson, inoperable cyst on his brain, causing him a terrible amount of pain. Let's pray for that. It's awful. The uh, Meacham's also have a friend, Ed Addison, major heart problems. Phyllis DeSalvo, waiting on test results. Nancy, how you doing? Doing better? Continue to pray for Nancy. So good to see. Uh, not, yesterday we had a, a Women of Ruth meeting. It was so good to see Peggy out yesterday and some of our other ladies, so let's pray for them. Ann Calloway, can you pray for Ann? Did you get by and see her yet? Going tomorrow, going, Rick, Rick and uh, one of your visitation partners going to see Ann and, and Peggy, and these are wonderful ladies, part of our church, but just not able to get out like they used to, so let's pray for them. Can you pray for Valerie as well? And uh, I mentioned Ray Armstrong. Let's write his name down, uh, Brother Ray Armstrong. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Ray uh, as he... Dealing with this is going to be uh, lung cancer, looks like, so let's pray for that. And uh, we mentioned Jerry as well, so let's pray for these. All right, um, let's see. Gary's got a sister-in-law, Tammy, um, kidney stones, and uh, her daughter also has kidney stones. So that's a terrible family tradition right there. So pray for Campbell's sister-in-law and niece. Uh, prayer for BB family is estranged and uh, just got all kind of issues so let's pray for this, this fella here, B.B., and the situation there. All right, anybody else that I missed, you didn't get a prayer sheet in? Prayer sheet in. All right, missionaries, uh, don't forget now, lift up our missionary. Brother Dale, uh, Brother Dale, you got your hand up. Brother, Brother, Brother Dale, that's not the right name. Daryl. Pray for him. Pray for him, absolutely. All right. Uh, we mentioned Sunday. Don't forget Nicole. Uh, we found out Nicole is going to have a baby, so that's exciting. And uh, she had her first wonderful morning this morning, came in the office, uh, just going through morning mother stuff. And, of course, we were kind and loving toward her. And uh, so pray for her. Uh, Drexel. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of that, Eddie Hohen has not been here last Sunday, and tonight he's got the flu. And he said, Preacher, I'm miserable. I said, hey, Amen, I know how you feel. But Audrey as well? Yeah. Okay. Brother Willie. All right, let's, uh, let's do this. If you're able, you know what? Uh, if you're able, if you're physically able, let's come to the altar, and uh, we'll pray. And uh, this is uh, unison time. It's where you just pray as the Lord leads. And uh, I'll pray tonight, if you don't mind, and then we'll say amen, and we'll go back, take our offering, be dismissed. But uh, if you're physically able and you're able to come, let's join me at the altar here, and uh, we'll pray together. And uh, we've been up to about three, four minutes now together. It's awesome. And some of you are getting uh, more accustomed to praying a little longer. And uh, you pray, and then we will come back, make a few announcements, and be dismissed. All right? Let's pray together.
that we come now on behalf of so many. Mama Lord, for a big day coming up. Pray, Lord God, for Ray. Lord, we lift him up to you. Pray for Jerry. Pray for Clarence, Lord. We pray for your will to be done. Lord, we know that these are big deals and big decisions. Pray, Lord, for John. Father, we come to you now tonight and we ask you as we continue to pray that, Lord, that you just lead us and guide us in every aspect of how to even to pray. You are the Lord most high. You see and know all that we ask or think before we ask it. And so, Lord, we trust you even to, to lead us in how to pray and to what to pray for. Lord, I pray for John and, and Lord Jeannie in a little bit, Lord, that you just give them wisdom and direction and uh, making decisions about surgery and what the future holds for her. Lord, I pray for uh, Lord Ray. We lift him up. We love him. We pray for Roe. And God, meet their needs. Give them wisdom. Lord, we pray for Clarice and Ken. Lord, lift them up. Pray for Jerry and Vicki. God, lift them up. Lord, please touch him and help her. And uh, Lord, we know that your will is, is always right. Give us grace to follow and accept that. Lord, we pray for all these that are listed on the list tonight, mentioning specific prayer and Lord, written prayer. For folks that need help, we pray for this man that, that Daryl is so burdened for. We pray, God, that you'd see him saved. We know it's your will that all should be saved, all should come to repentance. And so, Lord, we pray for Daryl to have opportunity to witness to him. Lord, we pray for uh, uh, Brother Willard and, Lord, just uh, the glaucoma situation there. We love Willard. Thank you for him and his ministry and love for you, love for our church. Lord, we pray for uh, just so many in our church family that have 
questions and, Lord, trials and troubles. Lord, we pray you give wisdom and direction. Lord, I pray that you give us um, just continued direction and the building programs. And thank you for the victory this week in the um, parking lot situation. Lord, that's tremendous. And we rejoice over that. And God, we just pray as we go forward in the zoning meeting coming up that you give us favor with the city. And the Lord, as we get the final blueprints drawn up and ready to go before we get closer to building, and Lord, help us to come together on all of that. Lord, we pray for ministry here. Continue to bless the outreach. Thank for kids going out tonight and seeing people saved. And thank for Tuesday night, a good crowd out, people being witnessed to and talked to. And Lord, just continue now to grow us, not just numerically, but grow us depth as well. And the Lord's strength, and may we be uh, doctrinally sound, Lord. May we be uh, about the business of telling others about the Lord Jesus and about salvation, hope beyond this life, we pray. Give us a great day Sunday. We pray for the music and the preaching and the Lord, every aspect of the services. May you be pleased with all of it and that God will do uh, our best to give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise for you truly alone are worthy and we certainly don't want to stand in the way of what you fully deserve. Bless now tonight. Bless the word of God to our heart. May we meditate on it, think on it, that you are the Lord most high. And the God, we're nothing but just uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle that you choose to use. Bless now tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get back to our seats. And while you're heading back there, ushers are going to get ready for the offering. And we're going to make a few announcements. Please, please announce tonight and twice on Sunday. Senior Saints Bible Study, Tuesday, April the 9th. Brother Mills will continue his spiritual warfare series. Please sign up today, PowerPoint, handout, all kind of stuff. Harry does a great job with all of that. Senior, senior Saints, don't forget uh, that there is no education ministry seminar this week. We're moving that back because we are having the mass choir uh, and that's the mass choir. That's everybody from the three churches that sings in the choirs or wants to sing, Brother John said, you can show up at 10 o'clock this Sunday. Uh, excuse me, this Saturday. Saturday, don't show up at 10 o'clock. Well, you can come 10 o'clock Sunday, it's fine. But uh, 10 o'clock Saturday and uh, lunch will be provided afterward. And then this week, now next Wednesday night, we will not be here next Wednesday night. We will leave here and head over. We start over at... Westgate, right? No, Brandon. Tampa. We start in Tampa. So we start at Westgate. We start in Brandon. Westgate, Brandon here. That's what it is. I knew that. Westgate. Now, if you don't know where Westgate is, it's right by the airport, all right? Service will start at 7 o'clock at Westgate. And the choir, you get over there, you'll be, in the, you'll be singing. And then Thursday night, now that's the long night, okay? That's the one we got to go to Brandon. And that's a little bit longer. It takes a little bit longer to get over there, so you got to fight a little more traffic. We leave here no later than 5.30 to get across the way to Brandon. And then Friday night, we're in here. Now, I want to pack this place out Friday night. So be in your place Friday night, and let's have a great, great time. Uh, looking forward to it. Seniors, we've already mentioned all of your announcements. And then nursery workers, we've had a lot of new families and the ladies, teens, rocking grannies, if you could help us in the nursery, sign up. We'll get you background checked, 
and get you squared away to help us in the nursery. Gentlemen, come on, help us out, please. Ruth White just read another note here in this list of notes. This is a friend of Sue. Uh, her daughter has passed away as a result of leukemia. So let's pray for Ruth White's daughter. Ruth White's daughter, all right? Uh, let's receive the offering. Gentlemen, go ahead and receive the offering. We already prayed for that. And then the other announcements that I may have here, uh, don't forget Tuesday night is our regular scheduled visitation. And uh, Brother Mike does a great job with that. We've been seeing lots of good results, lots of good follow-up always uh, here in Good Reports. But if you can't go right at 6 or meet us here, I know Brother Rick and his team, uh, just let Carolyn know uh, about visits, and she can set you up with that. Every Tuesday night, we're making visits. The bus workers are going out on Tuesday night. Uh, Nikki tonight on her bus had 21. This is our brand-new route. So she's doubled now. She started with just five or huh? 23, my mother's correcting me. Oh, I got to make a correction. I got to make an announcement from the pulpit. I did not mean my mother moving here is the most awful thing in the world Sunday night when I said that. What I meant was I have to be careful about when I make illustrations and tell on myself there are still some things I'm shielding her from, okay? When we get closer to heaven, I will share more stuff with her but right now, she's doing great, so I'm not going to tell her everything. So I got blasted, blasted, because I said something about my mother moving here. It's terrible. It's not terrible. It's wonderful. I'm thrilled out of my mind, something we've been praying for for years. It's terrible that I have to be so careful now. When I start to tell those stories, I'm like, oh, she may or may not know about that one. So anyway, I love my mother. Yeah, I'm digging out of that. That's terrible, Charlie. Open mouth, insert other foot, whatever. What's the word on Claris, Ken? Is she going to come home soon? Praise the Lord. So let's, let's just lift up Claris and Ken, and uh, we'll, we'll be checking on her. Ray and Roe, lift them up in your prayers. Jerry and Vicky, lift them up in your prayers. Let's remember these folks. All right, let's all stand together, be dismissed. Good, good crowd tonight. Thank you for being so attentive. Be careful heading out. God bless you. Oh, by, by the way, I didn't mention in prayer request, but pray for Jeannie and John uh, a little bit. They're having some health issues they're trying to deal with. So let's pray for that wisdom as well. All right. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Mother, I love you. Out in prayer, and I cried out in despair, and I asked the Lord to take this thorn from me. But then the Savior says, my child, I won't take away this trial, but I'll show you how. sufficient for each trial that you face I won't remove this thorn from you oh but this is what I'll do I'll show you a better way I'll give you grace I have seen what he's done before and I'm learning to trust him more for I've seen what the power of grace can do though there's danger up ahead I'll remember what Jesus said that if he won't take me out he'll take me through I'll give you grace when you're weary from the journey grace sufficient for each trial that you face I won't remove this thorn from you oh but this is what I'll do
show you a better way. I'll give you grace. I'll give you grace when you're weary from the journey. Grace sufficient for each trial that you face. I won't remove this thorn from you. Oh, but this is what I'll do. I'll show you a better way. I'll give you grace. Continues to grow when I give it away. So I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna give it away. The love of Jesus keeps getting stronger, and I can't contain it any longer. So I'm gonna take what I've been given and give it away. 